0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Discover New Music podcast from Full Pelt Music where in a moment we'll be delighted to be joined by Daytime TV who we recently featured on our Discover New Music playlist over on Spotify with their single Side by Side. Before we get to that though just the usual reminders from yourself please if you would follow us on social media we're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music and of course if you could hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, wherever you're watching or listening. Well, welcome to the Discover New Music podcast, Will from Daytime TV. Thank you for giving us your time. How are you on this fine morning?
1: I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I am in London today and it is a beautiful sunny morning. I um, yeah. cannot complain about anything.
0: No, quite a rarity weather wise, considering what we've had the last week or so with the storms and everything. So, um, no. Um, obviously, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking to you a bit about your debut album, which is out now, uh, and also your single Side by Side, which we featured on our Discover New Music playlist recently. Um, but before then, we always start off our podcast with the same feature, and that is what we call the Origin Story. Now, um, I'm guessing the origin story for daytime TV is probably slightly different to the normal origin stories for bands that we tend to get. I think it's probably been a bit of a longer journey um, to get to where you are now. But um, for those unaware of you know, the history of daytime TV, please enlighten us.
1: Yeah, so um, basically, I mean, we, we sort of met through various different other musical projects um and sort of ventures that um that we're all doing um and we were you know when we started we were super young and just had we just all kind of just attacked it as kind of individual musicians um and just wanted to get amongst it and being seen and so kind of came to london and um yeah that's kind of where we all met really um and yeah we've been through a bit of a sort of metamorphosis I guess through Covid um and Daytime TV was born um in 2020 and you know here we are now and our debut album is out and we are just unbelievably proud of it but just kind of excited to you know keep seeing how people are enjoying it um we feel it's the you know definitely the best stuff we've ever done um and you know when i say best it's a pretty broad term i just yeah. mean like you know it's 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 our favorite stuff we've ever done um so you know whether whether other people think that is up to them but um yeah it's it's great man and, and we're just we feel really lucky to be able to be making music again um having had the you know the boring COVID period that the whole world went through that i won't go on about because no one wants to hear about that but um yeah just you know we feel really lucky to be here and the fans have been amazing at our live shows and it's just um it's just a really great feeling so that's that's how we got here
0: yeah, um, and your, your latest single you put out before the release of the album um, was Side by Side, which we said we obviously featured on our playlist. Um, yeah. So what can you tell us about that song in particular?
1: Yeah, um, it's funny. That song, um, I tried to write that song about four years ago and I, ha- I had that chorus just in my head all that time and for some reason i just couldn't write the verses at that point they just it wasn't it wasn't coming to me and you know i tried to write it with the guys and you know it was the same we were kind of we were like this is a really great chorus but the verse just wasn't there and so we instead of just canning it you know i it was somewhere in my phone in like yeah. a million different voice messages um And it just lived there for a couple of years. And then I just had it in my head one day and was like, I cannot let this song just die because it's, it's got something. Um, So I went and scrolled and scrolled and found it eventually. And um, yeah, just rewrote it. And suddenly just that different perspective after a couple of years of leaving it, um, you know, the verse there. um, And it's, you know, the lyrics are about, um, I guess, of failed relationship that i had um that you know what when the premise is like when we were together in person um it was great and it was always really fine and even if there was you know drama or something like we could always laugh it off because you're sort of together um but when you know i was being pulled all over the country and the world um playing gigs and doing various things musically um and it was those times that it was really really hard to keep the relationship good um and so hence the sort of when we're side by side everything's great um but you know the, i think the lyric is in moments we're bulletproof but only when we're side by side so yeah. it's like that was the feeling. sort of we're great, but this is gonna be my life for the foreseeable. So uh you know, there's no point in trying to sort of just cover the cracks every time I'm away. So it was like a situational um it was it was sad really, but it's it's just life, isn't it? Like yeah, people are facing different things and um at different points in their lives and you know. It was a a mutual end, and um, it's just a it, it's a really honest song. I mean, a, a lot of songs are are people put themselves in a scenario that ha- that isn't real, mm-hmm. um, and are like, I'm going to write about this and imagine that this had happened. Um, but this this one is just really honest and real, so it was really easy to write because it was just true. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where that came
0: from. Yeah, very uh, organic in nature, I guess, you know, to, to write from that perspective. Uh, and it's one of many singles that you guys have put out from the debut album, which is called uh, Nothing's On But Everybody Is Listening. Um, so talk to us about that album. Obviously, it's only just come out. Um, for, for someone that perhaps hasn't heard the singles you've put out, what should they expect from the album?
1: Um, I think... I mean musically speaking we we feel like we found a niche um or or something that we love that is just really really bang on what we want to be doing um i think a lot of musicians when when you start out you know you get in a studio for the first time and it's like all a bit daunting and you kind of just go with what the producer on, on the day is saying and you end up with a sound and it might, might be close to what you envisage, but it might not be. Yeah. Um, and so this, this album, you know, you get getting the truest form of what we want to sound like. Um, cause we, you know, we spent five weeks in Cardiff recording, uh, with this amazing producer called Ramesh. Um, and yeah, just, we had the time for the first time ever, we had the time to really do it right. Um, and I guess, you know, we're a rock band at heart, uh, so, you know, there's lots of guitars, but also we love experimenting with sounds and and synths and interesting ideas and lots of vocal harmony and just, just songs that make you feel something, um, whether that's, you know, makes you want to get up and do something or whether it makes you feel a little bit nostalgic or... Um, You know a little bit emotional or something like that i think there's quite a range to our songs uh on the record there's some sort of slow piano ballads but then there's some like massive riffy rock tunes um so i think we just write songs as they come kind of you know we'd never be a band to write a good song and then say oh we can't put that out because it doesn't it's not our genre yeah um it's just like if it's a good song it's a good song so that's kind of our um, ethos on that. But yeah, I think if you haven't listened to us before, you'd then you checked it out. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of energy in it, and you know the lyrics are really real, and we spent a lot of time and effort doing it. So hopefully, you would enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it's sonically quite different to what you guys have done in the past with previous bands that you, you know, you've been in. Um, And it was interesting to hear you mention uh, Ramesh, the producer, because he's he's worked with, you know, kind of a who's who of the rock world. You know, obviously Grammy nominated with Bring Me The Horizon As Well. Um, What was the experience like working with Ramesh? And, you know, did he help you transition your sound from your previous sound?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, he did. Um, He is a great, a great guy, firstly, Um, just such a nice guy um has absolutely no ego um you know having worked with on some huge albums yeah. um you know number one records and things like that um and you know he he we we got into our management got in touch with him and just said you know on it was kind of like we didn't think he would say yes um and then he was just like oh yeah i love the guys i've heard of their music like let's do it and we were like holy shit this is this is gonna happen <laughs> uh, and so yeah we went and got a, a uh the cheapest airbnb in cardiff that we could find and uh which was another story i'll tell you about later um and yeah we just we lived in the studio pretty much all day every day and he's just one of these producers that if you have a, a sound in your head like he can find it like mm. he can happen sonically um whereas in the past because i'm i'm rubbish with all the like you know the tech side of it but i can i sort of hear what i want and and it's so hard to sort of describe that to someone so it's like you know it needs to be a it needs to sound fuller but Mm, needs to end up using really stupid words and sounding like an idiot (laughs) like it needs to sound more grassy or like something like that and um so yeah ramesh we just sort of had this language that um really worked between us and he knew kind of what we were all aiming at um and after a couple of days when the first couple of tracks started to kind of vaguely take shape he was you know he understood we all had an understanding of that that's what we're going for um but then also we had the time at the end to to you know add the sprinkles and you know, really think about that because studio time in music these days is just crazy. It's yeah, it's um so to actually have the luxury of time in a studio is rare, um and we only had that because it was his personal studio. So you know he was in. It, we weren't we weren't like paying him to be a producer and paying for some extortionate studio. Um, so it was it was doable and um yeah it was just such a such a sort of comfortable environment for people to experiment with it and um i think if we hadn't had that time it would be a a very different record and if we hadn't had Ramesh, it would be very different as well um so yeah big up Ramesh.
0: yeah definitely um so yeah i've got to ask then airbnb
1: (laughs) (laughs) well so basically uh you know we none of us had really apart from playing a, the odd gig, which I think we'd done twice, or maybe even just once, um, we'd never really been to Cardiff. And so we didn't know anything about the areas to stay in or anything. So we literally just went on Airbnb and found, because we were there for five weeks, so it's yeah. like, you know, if it's a lot of money, it's like 100 quid a night or something. So I think ours was like, I think it was like 75 quid a night for four to sleep in, which is good if you think about it like um and that was the cheapest on offer for that period of time um by a mile and what we found out when we got there was we were staying in like the dodgiest end of cardiff like this proper um like the house opposite us was like not even trying to hide the fact that they were massive drug dealing operation (laughs) um and one one night when we were coming back from I think because we didn't work, we we took the weekends, we took Saturday and Sundays off. Um, because he always wanted us to like come in fresh on a Monday and like re-listen to stuff. So there wasn't much point in going home because it's quite far. So we were just like in Cardiff. Yeah. So we obviously were like we were going out and you know, we were just doing fun stuff. And we'd been out one night and we were coming home about sort of two in the morning. And we got stopped on the street um, by a guy with a gun. Like, with a, <laughs> a, a handgun. gun. Um, and, yeah, it was just not... It wasn't cool. It was like... Um, and when I say we, I mean, luckily, it, me and John had already got home. Um, so it was Gaz and Clarky. Who were about 10 minutes behind us because they'd sort of stopped for chips or something. Um, and they got stopped by a guy with a gun. Uh and their account of it is like he just came up to them and was like, Oh, you you lost boys, like we well, you know, where are you headed? Can I help you out? And obviously they they were quite drunk, so they didn't really see the the like serious mm. nature of the scenario. But then when they got in, Me and John were just, like, you know, sat up, just chatting rubbish, and uh, they were like, there's a guy with a gun that just stopped us on the street and, like, was waving the gun around, and, uh, yeah, we all sort of laughed it off, and then in the morning, we all woke up and were like, that was really serious, (laughs)
0: like,
1: (laughs) not cool, Um, and I guess, like, yeah, we probably should have called the police or something, but. We didn't do anything and that was just like round the corner from where we stayed. So it was we were slightly constantly in fear that we were gonna be act. But I I don't want that to be what people think we think of Cardiff because Cardiff is awesome and the people are so class and we made so many pals and had such good time there. So love Cardiff, don't love the gun
0: guy. No, nah, I mean every city has got that one area that you just don't yeah. go to. And now you know not to go to that area. Um yeah,
1: no one go to it. He lived in it.
0: Yeah. 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 Um well, yeah, cra- crazy, uh crazy experience, but you know, um I always think crazy experiences like that can sometimes um bear like good fruit, and uh, obviously perhaps there's a song in that. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. So.
1: yeah, a few people have said that. It's like yeah. you know use it use the experience yeah. and turn it into something
0: yeah definitely um and so talking of you know how you've uh built songs influences on songs um obviously a lot of the themes for the album are around um you know technology and the you know, the way people interact um with each other and with technology and obviously that's become a lot more relevant over the last couple of years for for obvious reasons so, i mean i guess the question is how much of an influence was the pandemic on these songs
1: absolutely zero because yeah they were they were basically written like we'd written so many songs that we'd probably had about 30 songs to choose from and it we got it down to like 12 um and they were all written sort of before yeah the pandemic so it's the weirdest thing because people people have listened to the ones we've released but some of the lyrics sound as if we knew that covid was coming (laughs) but i promise we didn't you know there's like in in um you know in zombie there's a line that says um uh you need to quarantine because your disease is so contagious and it's like that was that was purely like the the disease we were talking about was like the reliance on technology yeah. and and just was just a metaphor and then in digital light it's uh you know i've got a fever you know it's just like so many little lyrics that
0: yeah
1: would just sound like they're COVIDy, but they really are not um but yeah i guess it makes it quite sort of poignant at this point um because You know it's all it's all even more relevant now but um yeah yeah, i I just it was a funny thing like the the technology stuff i didn't realize how much it sort of it got to me but i just had so many experiences and it's in no way like a preachy album saying like you shouldn't be relying Mm. on technology more like i'm almost annoyed at myself that i'm sort of being dragged into this thing um and so it's kind of you know we're all in it together kind of thing but it's yeah the amount of times of have just been out with pals and it's like right you can't maybe not seen someone for months and you know suddenly everyone's like everyone's phones are on the table and it, if if it buzzes or lights up it's like that they grab it it's like yeah, that, it, yeah. that's the, that's the main focus of of the scenario so it's like there's two people chatting <laughs> and you know, when that phone goes off, it's like all bets are off. The phone's in the hand. What's happening? Oh, this is happening. And it's you know, unless it's like a family emergency or something, it's like it's it's ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's just like someone's liked your Instagram picture, yeah. or you know, as something completely meaningless. And yet we we all t- and me included, you know, we've got this like our brains just are sort of tuned to to pick these things up and and place them ahead of our friends and family and loved ones uh in the sort of hierarchy of uh importance yeah that is is a mental thing um and so yeah there are a few songs that are kind of about that um and a few that aren't but it was a it's probably not something we'll ever write about again because i feel like i've sort of I've had my therapy with it and I've, (laughs) you know, I've got it out on paper and that's done. Uh, So it's not, it's not something that will come back round. Um, But yeah, it's definitely something I'm glad to have kind of got out in the open. And I'm sure a lot of people share that um, opinion that, you know, I wish that I didn't, didn't have that little spike of dopamine uh, in my brain when when something goes off my phone so i try i actively try to you know really counter that now um that my phone is always on silent um it doesn't buzz it's always in my pocket so like if someone i'm i'm now terrible at answering phone calls i'm terrible at getting back to messages because i just don't see it unless you know there's a break in the day and i'm like oh what's going on and then it's like oh shit like seven missed calls and and you know you can get yourself in trouble but it's good it's it's like each to their own and yeah. you know that kind of just something i want to try and be better at
0: yeah i mean there's obviously great positives to the digital world we live in and obviously great negatives as well and the example of looking at your phone during the conversation we've all done it we can all relate to, to that um but obviously as a musician in 2022 now you know how important is, you know, the social media aspects um, uh, of being in a band. Uh, I've been quite impressed with, with, you know, Daytime TV and what they've been doing. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's it's really important and it's, it's like a necessary evil, I guess. I mean, we, our sort of management and team are always like, you know, you got to do more TikToks, you got to do more. <laughs> this and that. It's like, you know, the amount of not arguments, but the amount of sort of heated discussions we've had. And you know, we all laugh afterwards, but it's like, you know, we're we're musicians and we're <laughs> songwriters, we're not comedians, we're not like actors. Uh, and it's it's a mental thing, like there's more there's more sort of immediate necessity to do like funny little clips that go on tiktok or instagram yeah and there is to like practice your instrument or to you know write a song uh, or to practice together as a band and that to me is mental and is yeah. is not okay um and i think also like a lot of a lot of bands that are starting out now or you know have been going for a few years or whatever you know some incredible bands have really rubbish social media numbers um and you know same as the other way around awful bands have huge numbers and i think what happens a lot of the time is which is sad for the the bands that aren't that great at the socials is that things like festivals and you know every everything from record labels to even fans you know perception of a band um is kind of tainted by those numbers and if yeah you know you can often like I, I went to a, a festival recently that i was just i just went to as a punter and uh, it was up in scotland and they introduced the acts on stage and the, this the only stat that they said was how many instagram followers they had and they were like there's such and such they've got you know four thousand instagram followers and and the stage was from top to bottom, mm. was like the biggest Instagram following was at the top, and the smallest was at the bottom, and that, in my book, is not a way to gauge no. the like creative output of a band or an art or a project. It's like that is not the barometer of right. like how how good a band is and where they should be on a bill, and it's. Like, I, I guess they're they're trying to see it as, like, that means that's their fan base, and therefore they have more fans than them. But that's just not true. Like, no. <clears throat> I I don't follow any bands on Instagram, or like, maybe, like, one or two, but just purely because, like, maybe they do lots of, you know, good content that I like, or they teach you how to play their songs or whatever. But I listen to other bands, way more than listen to those bands i just happen to follow them on instagram um so it's like i'm a i'm a much bigger fan of some bands that i don't follow on on any social media and so when people just see the fan base as the social numbers it's just so not true and it's it's like it's really hurting bands that are starting out because obviously you start from scratch and you've got you know your your mum and your pals are following (laughs) you and it's like oh you can't have a gig because you've only got 80 followers and it's like yeah but they could be the next you know they could be the next queen for all we know um and it's like i think that yeah that that part of the industry really does my head in because It's, you know, we we do all right on socials and, you know, our numbers are fine, but it's like, it just isn't the way to, to, to gauge how, how well it's not. And so, yeah, that side of it isn't great, but, you know, we've got to kind of, you know, we're not, um, I guess we're not so long in the tooth that we like, wouldn't play the game. uh, Yeah we've so we've got to you know we realize that you know there's 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 people that engage with our stuff and we love when that happens and we really love our online fan base and you know it it's just that content creation is is quite a um you know it's quite a time consuming process and so it becomes like a full-time job just making. You know, making sure you have enough pictures and enough videos and enough little clips that you've got to sort of post out. That you know, unless you sort of check and and force yourself to do other things, you you stop being a band and you start being like this weird little content farm Mm. that never. You got to just keep reminding ourselves why we're doing this. It's like, you know, we're here to play music and record music, release it and play it live, and those are. The three things yeah. that we do um you know making videos of of like you know the cinnamon challenge <laughs> <laughs> like as funny as they may be um you know that's that's got to come second
0: yeah yeah definitely uh you said it playing live is obviously massively important i mean talking about all this technology but i mean that is human interaction that is finest getting into a crowd you know and watching a, a great band on stage and you guys have been able to get out and about um since um everything's reopened so obviously you played a couple of festival shows last summer had a, a run of dates um both supporting and headlining you've got some shows coming up with blue october as well um so yeah. how great has it been to get out on the roads, um you know after that period of inactivity because of the pandemic but also to test out these songs that you've now got live uh, and how's that gone
1: yeah oh man it's been the best thing honestly like i'm sure everyone was the same in their own careers but in the middle of lockdowns and things i i just didn't know if it was ever going to come back yeah and we were all just a bit lost you know it's like you know this is our identity and this is what we do and it was just like we couldn't do any of it and it felt pretty strange and then so when we eventually you know returned and you know got back on the stage and oh we did we all like we all fully had tears in our eyes when we like started the first song i just couldn't i, I knew it was going to happen because you know I'm i'm not one of those guys that's like i never cry like i'll quite happily cry in front of people and um i just yeah it just hit me like a brick wall um and it was just the most awesome sort of soul soul feeding experience um and yeah our, our headline tour in november uh was just unbelievable i mean the the venues that we managed to pack out and the way that the crowds were sort of reacting to new material um was just unbelievable and i i think you know that same feeling that i'm talking about of me sort of you know getting a bit emotional uh when we first got back on stage was the same for for the, yeah, the people, yeah. so like you look down in the front row and like everyone was just like, they just couldn't believe that we were back, you know. And not I'm not talking about like we as in the band. It's just like we yeah. as, yeah. Everyone. Um, and you know the scene was was back up and running, and then we were yeah lucky enough to do some some support dates. Um, we supported Two Door Cinema Club, um, and the Lafontaines uh, at sort of the Glasgow Academy which was amazing Um, and yeah just just being able to sort of you know rev it back up because you know we had every band just lost all momentum throughout Um, and so to be able to have the opportunities to be able to go and like rev things back up um, and have stuff to shout about and you know mainly to try out these new songs and to To sort of decide, you know, nail in the coffin of like, right, what final decisions of what tracks were going to be, you know, definitely on the album, and, um, you know, I guess most fans wouldn't realize how how much their sort of live feedback really sort of, you know, really makes a difference to, to you know, because we realize, you know, we we write songs that we like, so we like yeah. all the, um. And then it's kind of like we've got 30 songs that we like. Which ones should we put out? And obviously you want songs that kind of work together. Um, but also you want songs that your fan base are gonna like. Um so yeah, hearing hearing their reactions is is a big part of it. And um yeah, we're about to head out with with Blue October, um, on some awesome dates, um, doing like Shepherds Bush Empire in London, which is a a dream venue that i've always wanted um and then glasgow birmingham and manchester um and yeah it's it's super cool of them to to have us along i i didn't when when we were told about it i i didn't know who they were because they're like they're from the states for anyone that doesn't know um yeah i didn't know who they were but then i i went on their spotify and put on um their top song which is hate me
0: hate me yeah
1: and i was like whoa it's them (laughs) um and you know i think when i was a kid like i used to sit and like put on like kerrang tv and it would be like hate me would be on it yeah um and so it's it's mental that you know we're now all grown up and are going out on the road with them (laughs) so um super cool and They seem like really nice guys. We haven't met them yet, but, you know, we've had some back and forth and we're just excited to to get on the road with them. Um, And, you know, as support slots go, we're doing 45-minute sets, which is quite a lot. Um, So hopefully people get a good, you know, a good representation of sort of what we're about
0: yeah definitely definitely um and obviously you've got some more festival shows coming up in the summer i noticed that you were recently uh added to why not for example and I think you're doing mad call cool in uh spain so you've got some you know really good yeah. slots coming up so obviously we've talked about technology and social media but obviously just so fans know where to find you um you are on instagram at daytime tv official uh yeah. facebook daytime tv official and twitter is dt tv official so um obviously everyone listening to the podcast head to them uh, socials uh, follow the band and you'll be able to obviously see where they're playing hopefully come along to a show um, the last uh, portion of the podcast is what I call set list science so it's just the question on um the craft in your set list so how much um, attention do you pay to the structure of a set list and have you got um any rules that you try to follow when you create one
1: yes Um yeah we do and we we pay a lot of attention to setlist, um, and like painfully so. I mean, we have like <laughs> argument days, we fall out over it. Um, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that people, have. Oh, there's all no, there's no list of songs that everyone in the band will go, that's it. So it's like, it's a constant, you know, there's a bit of give and take. You know, if, if, you, if you get the opener that you wanted, then you've got to sort of sit back and like let someone else choose like what we're closing with, things like that. But I think our normal rule is we want to come out big, uh and always like two, at least two or maybe three, like big high energy numbers. Um before we sort of say a word to the crowd or anything. Mm. It's just like we I'd never come on stage and go like, Hello, we're Daytime TV. It's just like, come on, and we let the music do the talking. And, you know, we do two or three songs, and then we take a moment to sort of introduce us ourselves once we've just shown them what we're what we're about. Um, I think the main thing that we try and get in set lists is just some light and shade, like, you know, dynamics. Yeah. Um, you know, we've all been to the gig that's like 100 miles an hour from start to finish and it's like quite intense and when it's when it finishes you're almost slightly glad it's over even if yeah. it was really good um because you're like wow that was intense and we want it to be intense but i think you can have intensity with slow songs and with you know really different songs and changing it up and so you know on our tour we did a version of uh, our song ugly that was so uh gaz and clarky would go off and um John me and John did like a piano and vocal uh sort of ballad version of Ugly I mean Ugly is like a really sort of aggy punky rocks um but we completely changed it and you know made it this really like beautiful um sort of sad melodic piano ballad um so I think little things like that that you know we, we always try and have three moments so i'm giving away all our secrets here <laughs> we always try and have three things that people are going to go away talking about so it's like if you just go up and play your songs you know it'll be good it'll be great yeah. but it's like it's just a band playing songs whereas if you have three moments that are something that they weren't expecting and talking points and for people just go away and go wow like that was really cool and how cool was it when they did that um and you know for example i remember seeing a band uh years ago and i was like 18 i can't remember but there's a band called grace potter and the nocturnals uh it's like almost quite sort of country bluesy rock um I can't remember, I think it was at a festival, I just stumbled across it, and they had this moment in the set where the whole band got around the drum kit and were all playing the kit, so there's was like four of them like and um and we were talking about it for the whole festival. We were like, did you see Grace Potter like they did this sick thing, and like that moment I was like, that things like that you've got to yeah. weave in because you know it's easy to walk away going, did you see them? Oh yeah, it was good, but it's like did you see them they they like took one of their songs and made it into this really sad ballad or you know we were doing this thing every night on our tour where um we'd take like gareth's uh snare skin from the previous night and we'd sign it yeah and we'd like frisbee it out into the crowd um and like get everyone to try and catch it and like there's little things like that it kind of yeah it, it breaks up the set and it it makes people sort of you know some people that might be just sort of passively viewing your set they become engaged and um yeah so we try and have like two or three little things um that you know can just be the difference between you and another band maybe
0: yeah uh memorable hook you know for the audience no yeah no fantastic thank you so much for for your time will for joining us on the uh podcast um obviously the album's fantastic and listening need to check it out and obviously if they can pop along to uh, one of your shows coming up or catch you at a festival this summer obviously follow the band on social media uh, Will, what would be your final message for listeners today?
1: Oh, just, well firstly thank you for having me um, and secondly, I mean if you've made it this far congratulations <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, as you said, come along I mean our our whole our whole thing is live music, like we're you know that's what we're about. That's why we do this. Um, you know, we want to be one of the best, if not the best, live bands in the world. You know, when when we're when we're done, when we, uh, you know, when we're grey and old, we want to yeah. say we're right up there, and it's what we pride ourselves on. So come along and check out a live gig, um, and you will not be disappointed. And just go and listen to the album. And I would ask that. You know if you've got the time or if you're on a run or something just stick the album on from start to finish and listen to it like an album uh because so often these days it's just you know people just listen to songs and it's like in playlists and it gets skipped around and i do that too and that's yeah. that's uh, you know we spend a lot of time working out the order and it's like kind of a story all the way down so if you've got the time and you fancy a a trip down a uh, daytime TV lane, then um go and play the, the record from start to finish and let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that is really important um to you know, listen to you know the artist always has you know a concept of what they want for that album. And like you said, yeah. cherry picking the odd songs great, but yeah, to being able to sit and on a run or just whatever, listen, absolutely fantastic. No, thank you so much, Will, for joining us. Um and best of luck.
1: Not at all, man. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I really hope you enjoyed that chat there with Daytime TV. If you did, please do us a favour, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. Make sure you check out Bands on social media and try and pop along to one of their shows coming up soon. And of course, check out their debut album. Um, If you would, do follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And we will be back very soon with another edition of the Discover New Music podcast.